Welcome to Jason and the Movie Knots, our latest episode of the Marvel Cast. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Carlos Rodella. We are talking Avengers Infinity War, the movie that seems to take an infinite amount of time to play out. Yes. It's a long movie. It's a long movie. It's uh, Endgame is longer, I think. Pretty sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. But they're both like Endgame movies. And so much stuff happens. I was writing notes for this, and it's like, when do I stop taking notes? Because there's just too much stuff going on. And yet, it also feels rushed in a way because things just so much happens in this movie. So much has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So you get not enough time with characters and a lot of time with advancing plot, but we'll get to all that. But at this, but that brings up a good point. At the top of the show, we like to do kind of overall summary. And I think to that point, this movie is generally what i don't like which is the whole movie is 11 out of 11 right like the the energy level is like all the time always things are going on it's you get on the train ride or the roller coaster and you don't stop and there's pretty much no breaks and you know there's some comic moments but it's about like um finishing a, a task you know or accomplishing a goal that's what this movie is you know, it's a lot and it's all the time. Let's just jump into it. Yeah. Okay. Well, overall though, did you, uh, I think you were telling me on text that you enjoyed it more than you did or thought you would enjoy it. There were a lot of individual moments I found myself really enjoying. And yet, like, it's just so many moments. Uh, I think the best review I heard of it said, this is like, a whole season of a Netflix show all crammed into one episode. That's very good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right, because it feels like maybe six hours crammed into two and a half hours. And if you'd done the six hours, then it would have been more satisfying. I also think this movie suffers a little bit from coming from what we know happens in Endgame. Because a lot of the fun of this movie comes from like the speculation and the uncertainty about the ending of this movie. We're going to spoil this movie. You know the ending of this movie, though. So, you know, if you're listening to this show, I guess you're warned. But yeah, the fact is you, you've seen this movie. You've seen the movie. You've seen all these movies if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, do I agree or do I disagree with Jason and Carlos? And the answer is, well, we are right about most things. So you probably agree with us. <laughs> nice. I think it is a Netflix series and it's one movie. So they basically crammed a show that could have been episodes into a movie. And in general, you know, if we talk, look back at all the different um, movies we've reviewed, I don't like, you know, go, go, go movies. I like mm-hmm. them to sit down and breathe for a little while and some comedy. So we'll see what we think here. But I think overall, I enjoyed parts. I maybe probably similar to you more than I remember liking them, you know, and like team ups more than I yeah. remember. Yeah. But overall, I'm still like exhausted. Yeah. It doesn't start in the most pleasant way either. No, I have a question for you. This has always bothered me. I'm so glad we have a podcast to talk about it. This starts with Thanos kicking ass, which pretty much he does the whole movie. And he's beating up everybody, even though they have Hulk, they have Thor, there's Loki there. Loki's doing tricks. How did this become the starting point? Even when I first saw this movie, I don't remember how we got here. I don't think we get enough about Thanos at the beginning of this movie. Well, we or get the nothing. previous movies to set up why we why he's such a big threat. 
right, he's but appeared I, a bunch of times and we learn retroactively he's created the invasion of earth in the first avengers movie but yeah you're right like it feels unearned is that kind of what you're saying unearned and just confusing because this is the second time i watched it and i was like oh i'll i'll understand the beginning a lot more this time and nope <clears throat> because we've been watching these in order there's no scene leading up to what's happening where thor's getting his ass kicked he's got no eye that lines up loki is just loki and thanos is there and i'm like none of this makes sense to me and then hulk's there so i guess i don't know what i freaking missed and well, hulk, we just hulk, did hulk was with him at the end of ragnarok yeah he was with him but like but wasn't valkyrie also with him yeah yeah it doesn't line up there's something missing here and i can't believe no one's talked about it i'm sure i know people have talked about it okay i'm i'm not sure that uh it's satisfying for anybody other than the fact that they just need to bring Thanos on stage and have it be the big bad just have him show up though i don't want to spend too much time on this because we have a lot to go through but he, he he's already there and i'd much rather this movie start with him showing up because the whole movie's about him right the yeah. movie's about him dominating and he's just there at the beginning i the more i talk about it the more I, the less i like what would you have liked to see him showing up like through a portal or whatever floating in okay you know just like being like i'm here now you've heard of me now I'm going to do these things. And Thor and, and Loki aren't beaten up already. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like I'm missing a piece there where they had a battle and probably they filmed it. And, you know, I don't know, maybe they just didn't put it in a movie, but okay. We'll, we'll step aside from that idea and that bothersome to me. And we, we learned that Loki was hiding the Tesseract, um, which unfortunately for all, everybody, that means that Thanos is going to get it. And he, in quotes, kills Loki. Does he actually kill Loki? We know he doesn't really, but does he actually kind of kill Loki? Sort of, kind of, I Question guess. Question mark again, then. This movie has a, a really weird beginning because they they make the sound of his neck breaking. And even though he's a god or whatever, like, it, they're like, he's dead. But we know Loki's around for the TV series. So this is the, okay, so we know that the, this is the thing that makes me frustrated in the larger picture because we know the Marvel Universe is this universe of multiple dimensions. And we know that in those multiple dimensions, there's doppelgangers, other people in the, in the Marvel uh, uh, universe, right? Mm -hmm. That's why they call it the 616 universe in the comics because there's thousands of these universes. But doesn't the fact that you know there's thousands of these universes take away like the stress of worrying about these characters in our universe because really what we're watching is loki's not really resurrected it's just a different version of him but he's the same he's got the same family mechanics maybe a few things are a little different but you know he's dead but he's not really dead i would argue that because we're doing this podcast we are at a, a unique position to talk about this specific thing where that multiple realities hasn't shown up much in all the movies we've watched Mm -hmm. so if you're not going off the comic books even though that is true what you said and you're going off the movies that we've watched it's it's not it doesn't line up because we should see more of that for us to know those kind of rules on the other hand then loki should appear from all appearances to be dead like the other characters who died before the snap in this movie yes exactly but we'll get back to that later because he's not um and then we get to uh, Doctor Strange, Hulk. Also, oh, Hulk gets back, sent back to Earth through that little rainbow bridge. 
and then Doctor Strange enters the scene. We get Tony Stark popping up. Um, they go talk about the Infinity Stones. Basically, that's when we actually learn about what the Infinity Stones are. I think for the real first time in this movie universe, right? Yeah, they that's another thing. It feels, that also feels like it could have deserved a lot more foreshadowing. Yeah, they just go to it real quick. They're like, oh, by the way, this is what's happening. Yeah, this movie is rushed. It's like a lot of information. Spider-Man shows up, which I liked seeing him because we just watched some movies with him in it. So it was cool to see him and his buddy. And the spaceships basically show up and basically Thanos' lackeys is a huge part of this movie, right? Them just coming and trying to kick everybody's ass. And again, we don't know anything about these characters, right? Nope, nope, not at all. Nope, not at all. I'm lessing, I'm liking this less and less as we talk about There's it. a pattern here, right? I know. They, uh, I do like the line, I wrote this line down, when Thanos' lackeys are fighting a bunch of the guys. Again, th- the crew of Avengers kind of interchanges this whole movie. So we can pick out certain people, but right now it's Iron Man, Hulk, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, you know, like there's a few people around. But uh, Tony Stark says, because Hulk can't turn into Hulk, he goes, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. <laughs> One of my favorite lines of the whole movie. There's a lot of good lines in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Tony so, and the Guardians have the most, I think, humor in this movie. Yeah. And we'll get to like the sweet scenes between Tony and Peter Parker. I like that this whole sequence starts with him kind of paying attention to Pepper and not treating her like a commodity either. Yeah. That's, it's, it's nice. It's a second in this movie, but yeah. Everything's a second in this movie. Then you have the Guardians being introduced. Again, it's a roller coaster. Remember them? Here are all of them. And they're going to be uh, finding Thor. And they find Thor, which, by the way, is another comedic gold moment. The whole scene with him basically becoming the leader versus, you know, uh, Star-Lord being the leader. And that's just kind of fun back and forth. Yeah. That's all really, really good. I like that a lot. Love um, that stuff with the Chris's. Yeah. It's a little implausible that Thor happens to land on the Guardian spaceship, but okay, yeah, whatever. A lot of a lot is implausible in this uh yeah, everything's kind of coming together just exactly as it should. I do like seeing WandaVision, uh Wanda and Vision uh showing up. They are fighting lackeys. So they're on the run as we meet them, but they're staying in a beautiful giant hotel suite somewhere in Eastern Europe probably close to where Sokovia used to be. Yeah. Uh, they're not exactly laying low. They're chilling. Everybody seems to know where they are. And this is the scene that we get in WandaVision, right? Don't we get flashbacks to the scene? I think. Yeah, we do get flashbacks to the scene, yeah. But yeah, at some point, they're going to get attacked by the lackeys. Again, this movie is mainly those lackeys. Do you buy their romance, by the way? Well, to be again, this is impossible for us because we know the future. So I like them as a couple in WandaVision, and I believe that then. Okay. So if I was watching this for the first time, or when I did watch it for the first time, no, I probably didn't believe it or care. Okay. I went to the bathroom. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it was like this roller coaster, like there's no time to go, go to the bathroom. The ending, you know, is going to be the best. So I bet you, yeah, I didn't. The first time, probably no. But now I, I, I like it. Okay. So then they fight. Yeah, they fight. Black Widow shows up. There's more fighting. Captain America's there. There's more fighting. Now, if we saw this together, remember at the theater, when Captain America shows up, the the crowd actually cheered. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
or maybe I don't remember because I was in the bathroom. <laughs> but I think I actually did go to the bathroom once because this was such a long movie and we were in the theater. I might have. Um, but yeah, Captain America showing up is a big deal. Uh, there's anything you want to say about that fighting scene? There's a lot of fighting. No, they're able to fight off the uh, the the lackeys for yeah. the moment. Ebony Maw and Proxima Midnight and stuff. I wouldn't have known the names unless you said those names just now. Such amazing names. Uh, then we get a quick scene with Thanos and Gamora, which is a memory. We learn about that whole thing so we can get that figured out real quick before That's the most happens. demented version of a life too he rescues her from an alien plant and then he proceeds to massacre her an entire race of people or beings it's just that's so fucked up it's fucked up but this movie's fucked up and that's what i was saying before the podcast i was telling you why it was difficult for me to finish this i had the first half in the bag i watched the second half tonight and uh it's a depressing movie to take a quick tangent i i think if you're like not in the right mind space which, you know, in this time period, it's like, you know, who knows where you're gonna, your head's going to be at. Um, and I'm very sensitive to, like, mood in movies. So, yeah, it's just dark. Spoiler, it's just losing. Like, this movie is just about losing. It's relentlessly downbeat. Yeah. yeah With like, a few moments of, like, humor to spice it up a little bit. But yes, the, the, the downbeat mood is impossible to miss. Cause it, and, it, and it's this idea that, and I remember seeing this one, or thinking this when I saw it the first time, and I know you have more history with Thanos in the comics, but I never am a fan of a, like a character who just basically has no humanity, no weakness. There's nothing to understand about him. It's just a killer. Maybe that's why I don't like horror movies. And it's like an unstoppable killer. Why well, I don't like horror movies where, you know, you just can't do anything about it. You're just going to have to deal with it, right? So there's nothing that stops, like you can't stop this guy. And it just feels depressing, like after a while. And it gets worse, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, it's just, this is the setup for what we get in Endgame, right? So, Which is also have, a Debbie Downer. It is a Debbie, but the, but the ending. Right, right, right. Is, I guess you know. what you're saying, yeah. Well, anyways, we got a quick moment of the a virtual reality kind of thing that Thanos does, because he's got like, more and more power in his gloves so he can do crazy things. So he makes a virtual reality to capture Gamora and takes off. Of course, you have Peter. Quill. You know, yeah, he almost like saves the day, but he doesn't. That's the story of Peter's character in this movie. He's always cl- coming close to saving the day, but never quite. Oh man, does he fuck up at the end though? Oh. Yeah, we, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Here. Then we get Captain America, Black Widow, One Division, Hawkeye. They're all on the run, but they show up again to see War Machine. I don't know. I don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah, it makes sense that they go to Shield headquarters and they argue with William Hurt. Yeah. Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Okay. Then Doctor Strange is stuck somewhere. I forgot how he got stuck. Uh, They want to take the stone to Black Panther. So basically, that's how Wakanda enters the picture. They'll go there to do stuff with Vision, I think, right? Probably to like take his stone out of his head. That was the original idea. Yeah, they they were taking the stone out of his head and that's what I forget the character's name with that young girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who we liked a lot in the movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember her name. Uh, you look it up. And then uh, Dr. Stranger stuck somewhere in another scene. This is, again, where we do a lot of, like, cutting to different, like, places, right? Because this movie takes so many things going on that Dr. Stranger stuck somewhere, but then Spider-Man and Iron Man rescue him. 
Mm-hmm. He's okay. on the spaceship. The spaceship, yeah. That's going into, flying into space. And, uh, right, we, we forgot that whole thing in the beginning that Iron Man did that. Oh, well. There's just so much that's going on. Um, he's torturing her sister. Oh, yeah. Thanos is torturing uh, Gamora's sister, the robot. Mm-hmm. That's not a fun scene to watch. And they're looking for the stone. Again, levity all of a sudden. Thor and Rocket. That's a fun combo. Those two? Yeah. Again, another episode. It's like a side mission who could be a whole other episode. <laughs> exactly. And that, yeah, there's so many episodes. Then there's a Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Iron Man going to Titan to meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. And that is one of my favorite whole scenes because their discussions are mm-hmm. awesome. So we also get background, the background of Thanos, which gives us a little bit of idea of where he came from. It's going to be a little lean forward into the Eternals as well, because he's going to be a, a Titan of the Eternal planet or whatever. Yep. Nebulous, the girl who gets kidnapped. By Nebulous, her. yeah. So after that discussion is going on, Dr. Strange is that thing that we talked about. In an, a previous movie, we foreshadowed to this moment of Dr. Strange looking at all the possible futures. That's one of the cool sci-fi or special effects moments when he's he's looking at all the future and his arms are waving. He looks like an yeah. Indian god or something. And what's that? That Someone says like, hey, is your friend supposed to be doing that? Yeah. Or does he always do that? I think it's Peter who says that. Yeah, that's great. So there's a lot of funny scenes there, which is some levity and needed levity because this whole thing is a Debbie Downer. Then we go right to another Debbie Downer, which is, you know, Thanos taking Gamora to go kill her to get the stone and does it. And hey, he cries a teardrop. I don't care. No one cares that he cried a teardrop. Oh, here's where I wrote down the asterisk. Tell Jason that this movie is an unstoppable, unstoppable force. And Thanos has an unquenchable desire. Oh, I think the tangent, what I was going to say is that even though I hate this character and you're supposed to, he literally does have this kind of manifestation of what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Like, it's like, no, 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 this is what I'm going to do. Even if it means kill Gamora, it doesn't matter what I'm going to do anything it takes. He has a vision of exactly what he wants to accomplish. He knows how he's going to do it. He has, incredible confidence in himself that he is going to do it. it it's eerie it's as if like he's able to actually see his own future because this is the plan he's been formulating for how long exactly yeah it's almost like he's dr strange looking at those possible futures and he's like no this is the one we're doing which the whole movie feels like uh downer because he does just accomplish most of the things he wants yeah there's a side movie again side episode where in wakanda there's a lot of fighting I'm not going to go through all that. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of fighting. There's a I, lot of fighting. Mark Ruffalo in the Hulkbuster suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The wall, the electronic wall, the characters or the creatures jump through these weird space dogs or whatever, jump through and get their bodies cut in half. And then for some reason, they let down the barrier and other creatures come through it. Yeah, it's just very kind of tiresome after a while. It really is. It was very easy because I'm watching this on Disney Plus to be like, well, I'm going to scroll through this section uh-huh. because I know what's happening. That's intercut with the scenes of Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Iron Man on the spaceship, which right. are much more interesting because they're actually focused on just a few people. Yeah, and you can like, you can the scenes breathe more. What happens? I wrote down Strange and Thanos are talking about his home planet. So at some point, they're all fighting him. Oh, yeah. 
we Thanos, jump ahead. Thanos monologues about his home planet to Doctor learn, Strange. Yeah, yeah, to Doctor Strange. We learn who who he is and where he came from and why he why he believes he's doing the right thing by uh, destroying half the universe, half the people, right. the the things alive in the universe. And that's where people say, you know, he's a little bit like Killmonger in Black Panther, where yeah, he's a he's evil, but you can see why he went evil. I can't. So I just I agree to disagree. I get that story, and I was like, cry me river. I, I don't the the what that the what he's about to go do is just like I don't know. It's an eye for an eye, I know, but it's a different kind of. I just don't like anything about his ideas or his uh, motivation. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so then we move on to the big fight, right? So they're all like really fighting him for real. Uh, Every, they, they being Spider-Man, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, everybody, everybody, Guardians. Trying to take the glove off his hand, take off the yeah. gauntlet so he won't be able to use it. And they almost do it. And then Peter fucks it up by... Peter, Peter Quill is just... The, the truth comes out. Yeah, that he, that he killed Gamora and he was like, no, now I'm so mad, I'm going to punch you. And then all they had to do is not punch him and they would have got that glove off. And so then he gets the glove back and he wreaks havoc. Peter, the real villain of the movie. He actually throws meteors slash like pieces of a planet <laughs> at Iron Man. And then and he says a, a line I wrote down, you throw another moon at me and I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I think that's really good. There's those yeah, little I, moments that help. Well, so that line really kind of illustrates why this was for all its terribleness or it, it, you know epicness overweight overweening epicness is maybe the best way to put it um this is like more this is why i sent you that text it's more fun than i expected it to be because there it's almost a postmodern comment they're almost were commenting on the movie itself and the characters are just making these absurd comments because they're just trying to make sense of everything that's happening it's it's almost funny you mean they're yeah they're commenting on the extreme extremeness of it all yeah the on the yeah. extremeness of it all exactly yeah. well here's my question though before we move on to almost the ending which by the way i'm gonna pat myself on the back right now that i got through those notes in a pretty <laughs> timely fashion uh why doesn't dr strange just portal thanos away what the fuck so there's a few bits in here right because there's the bit where he throws the henchman out into space and he freezes in space and they're able to defeat him Mm-hmm. There's another scene where uh, another creature is coming through Doctor, one of Doctor Strange's gateways, and he cuts the gateway, and the arm falls right. off. Yeah, yeah. Why don't they just do that where they have the gateway and they cut off the arm with the Infinity Gauntlet on it, or they cut off his head or whatever it might be? Because his head's important. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a uh, okay. You can make up some story in your head, but why is this so? It just doesn't seem logical and until i rewatched it i'd have forgotten you know that my problem with that scene because yeah you have dr strange right there and he does other things like he makes many versions of himself later but that's not what you want to do with that guy because he could just get out of it why doesn't he just send thanos to confront dormammu exactly forever and actually that is a like there's a scene that's relatively close to that in the original Infinity Gauntlet comic, because in that in the comic, Thanos is basically working for 
the cosmic beings in the Marvel universe. Um, so it kind of directly addresses that. Um, I have another question for you, which yeah. we haven't touched on. So the reason why the heroes go to Wakanda is to remove the gem from the vision's head. Yep. And there's a whole sequence in there where the, they argue about whether they should kill the vision in order to, and in order to break the gem and never need to use it again. And they agree not to kill the vision who's not even a living being anyway, who they could probably restore from backups regardless. So that just seemed like, again, like Peter's decision, you're sacrificing one semi-living being in order to save billions of people, trillions of people across the entire universe. It's just such a strange decision. Strange, it's really only It's really only done in order to make the plot go forward. Well, I'll, I'll one-up you with that because right in the same time period in the movie, Dr. Strange spares uh, Tony Stark's life. Now, I think later he says that's the only way or some bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. But is that what it was that really it? Or was he like his heartstrings like didn't want him to die? Because if that was the case, then there'd be another reason why he, like everything was over just because he was trying to save one person. Right. Because he gave him that stone. He gave him the stone and then it was useless for him to give him the stone. Unless he's saying what he said is true, which is that there was that they were going to lose anyway. They did it. Yeah, but then he still has free will. Why would he still do it out of his free will? Let Tony Stark die. And we know from Endgame that they didn't. There, there was at least one way they could have gotten out of it, which is, you know, this bizarrely complicated thing. But we'll talk about that. in two Oh, weeks. yeah. The thing they end up doing. Yeah, I don't know. Now that we're saying it, there's three different places there where the portal division just let him die who cares you know he's a robot you know and as we know in the one division you can just build him again essentially so fuck that that's so silly by the way sorry i swore like four times in this episode you have to put not safe for work on it <laughs> i'm getting how angry much you really like this movie yeah. well, no it, it sounds how much i'm passionate about some of the problems yeah well let's finish up the movie and uh with yeah, we, did, we didn't get to a couple of the, the funny scenes too i uh, like the peter dinklage is the Giant oh, the Thor dwarf. thing. No, I was going to get to it kind of because he okay. Thor comes back here at the end. But you're right. Let's let's uh, talk about that. Thor and Rocket have that separate mission, and it's to go meet Peter Dinklage and the dwarf, like space dwarves or something. Yeah, he's a space dwarf who can build a replacement for Thor's hammer, Stormbringer. Yeah. Stormbringer, yeah. Which I have an ash. I have a problem with this too. But directly out of the comics. No, I have a problem with what happens with it. So okay. You know, they spend a good chunk of the movie going back and forth to Thor pulling this off, you know, doing all these cosmic tricks to make it, you know, hold the door open, all whatever it is, right? Hold the door. That's like uh, Game of Thrones. What do you oh, say? Appropriate. Appropriate. Hodor, Hodor, hold the door. Remember? Uh. The callback. I know I hate Game of Thrones, but I did watch a lot of it in the beginning. So Thor does get that hammer. He gets that super... What you call it again? Stormbringer. Stormbringer. And so that'll come up in a minute here because, yeah, let's, it's, I think it's right here. Thanos shows up at the battle to get Vision Stone. And then WandaVision, I think Wanda is so fucking powerful. It's awesome because she, she even gets more powerful as in the future. But here, she's already like holding back Thanos, right? With like five, what's it, how many gloves? He's got almost all the stones in his gloves. He's got, yeah. 
He's got five out of the six stones. Yeah, and she's holding him back. That's like... By the way, why are there six stones? This seems like an awfully arbitrary number. I know. You're, there's only five fingers, too. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, either way, she's holding him off and, like, still trying to get the stone out of Vision's head, and she does it, but she doesn't know that he's got, like, basically the manipulation of time. So then he ends up going back in time and getting it from him, which, that's, again... That's a bit I really liked. I thought that was clever. It was very clever, yeah. But they could have just got rid of it a long time ago instead of with him there looking at it, you know. She sets up one division, yeah. That sets up one division, obviously. The the series. Thor shows up with his hammer, which looks seems like a badass moment. Comes flying a, out of the sky. It is a badass moment. It, it's but it's not because it's just a sad moment because it doesn't do diddly squat. <laughs> it just goes in his stomach. And then he goes, you should have taken my head off, you dummy. I'm fine. Uh-huh. And then the killing starts. And then he just destroys everybody easily. Again, super sad movie. And then he does his snap. The end. So when I was listening to pods from the time when this movie was recorded, that's the moment that apparently no one knew ahead of time. So it was completely shocking to people going to their early screenings of this movie oh my god they killed all these people and i remember us having this oh, conversation right. where it's like yeah. yeah they can't have killed black panther and they can't have killed spider-man because we know what they're working on these movies so how are they going to get out of this but there is that moment and i that part is well played when like you see peter parker drift away into the ashes where it's like legitimately scary well, because they play up the Peter Parker especially because they make it slower than everybody else. Yeah. So he gets to say words and he says he's scared. And it's, yeah, it's like emotional for a minute. And you're like, oh, no. In the theater, when we watched it, we knew that they weren't, because you know comics very well and the whole scenario that's probably playing out. Uh, but also, I just, like you said, we knew people were going to be in movies and we know that it's too much money to just get rid of a character when it's like, it's an industry, you know? There was a lot of talk at the time about this being an incredibly radical thing for Marvel to try in two ways. One is to have a movie that just ends so darkly. And that's an interesting point, right? Because I think the ending is actually like darker than Empire Strikes Back, for example, which is probably the darkest blockbuster movie. So that's, that's a pretty brave decision to make, but they knew that this movie was going to make a billion dollars. Well, billions a little much, but yeah. No, I think it did. I'm sure it's made a billion for them at this point. Mm. Um, and the other is this genuine confusion. Like, how are they going to get out of this? Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I just wasn't, I didn't find any stakes that were really high for me when I watched it. Obviously not the second time, but the first time, really. I was just like, yeah, well, they're not going to, they're just not going to do that. But I liked what they, you know, like you said, I like what they tried to do or at least went for uh, a question mark ending you know what i mean i like how the heroes try so hard to win and they don't actually win they end up getting kind of dominated at the end yeah it, it's refreshing to see a movie like this end with our heroes losing and that's the other thing that was seen as really radical at the time because you know captain america wins at the end of every movie iron man wins no matter how implausible yeah it is and yet here the heroes legitimately lose, right? Yeah. Legitimately, like three, four billion people on earth die. 
and we see a little bit of the effects of it in the after credit scene yeah yeah and then we see that also that uh final credit scene which is sam jackson um, that's what i'm talking about yeah nick fury yeah and he goes to, he gets deleted as well so i don't know i think overall i did enjoy some of the team-ups that we saw like i, I really I just know that after this movie, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I just love that uh, series and I love those characters. And so, you know, Drax and all those people just being there, like that was a lot of fun for me. So, but yeah, I like some of the team-ups. I like some of the comedy, but it really was was just an action fest. So, and it's just, a, like you said, on one hand, it's good because it's like they're trying something new where the heroes basically just lose the whole movie. And then I don't like that because in general, like, you know, um, if it's too dark, then sometimes it just like, I have to be in the right headspace for it personally. So I think, what did we, what did we, I wonder what did we originally gave it? Cause we probably said like a score in the theater. I can't remember. I know we were talking about a six or a seven last week. Oh, last week we said about that. So I bet yours is going to be higher. I think, oh my goodness, I don't know. I'm torn. You go first. I'm going to come in at like a six and a half. Oh, that's actually lower than I thought it would be. Even though you like the twist. And I like a lot of the elements of it, but I'm like, it's just so long and there's so much there. Yeah. And um, it was more work to watch than I expected it to be. It really was. It really was. And that that might be a bad way of thinking of it because well, I don't care. Yeah, that's what I'm giving it. It's a lot of it for me, like you said, it's it's kind of like it has to be done so they can set up stuff. This is like a history book almost. It's like Avengers history book. That's what they should have called it. And I don't <laughs> like history and I don't like studying. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a six. Okay. It it only it ekes out over average because there's some really interesting team-ups which you know i did like to see these certain characters come together mm-hmm. because everybody teams up like this whole movie has everything in it you know it's like any team up you ever wanted it's here every character's here and a lot yeah. of them is kind of actually pretty fun like like you said thor and groot or thor and, and rocket are just fun together yeah it's fun but it needed to breathe somehow you know like it needed to breathe yeah yeah All right, i'm out of breath we, with this podcast next time we we do get a movie that gives us a chance to breathe i mean i'm really glad we get to watch ant-man and the wasp wasp in between these two movies that's next right yes and then and i was telling you pre-podcast it shows up in one of my timeline articles of the mcu as before this one but it doesn't necessarily matter which order you watch those uh uh infinity war and ant-man the wasp in because there's no reference to infinity war in ant-man he just reappears. He appears really for the first time in these movies in uh, in, in Endgame. Endgame. So he just yeah. needs to be there for Endgame. What about the Black Widow, which we did review on the show? We did. We, we talked about it. Yeah. So that's already so, off. Our so end. that's already done. Yeah, because they because she basically comes back in like and you could tell it's after Black Widow. Yeah. You know, which by the way is interesting because again they filmed that before, so it's fun for us to see the timeline actually match up there. Cause she's like, I'm back and I got blonde hair and I'm, I know I've been on the run, you know? Well, that was another thing that was funny is that they talk about Ms. Marvel or Captain, Mar- they talk about Captain Marvel being the next movie to be released. And of course we talked about that as like our second movie. Oh yeah. Ever. 
Yeah. Second in the series. All right. So we'll do Ant-Man next, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And um, I'll rewatch that. I'm going to give it a four, probably. Oh, I think it'll be just fine. I'll, I think it'll get a seven. For you? Uh, I mean, I know my mind's not going to go. I think five is the most it'll go. I've, I just recently watched that, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's fresh in my mind. And I do. I really don't care for that. There's like some fun moments with, you know, I love the actors, some of the people, but um, Kirk Douglas is in it, right? Is Did I say this right this time? It is Kirk Douglas. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. I keep Kirk doing Douglas this wrong. Is like a hundred years old now. Right. Michael no, Douglas. I, is I remember liking Evangeline Lilly and Paul Rudd together. It's Man. entertaining enough. Walton Goggins is good as the villain. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fine enough movie for you heard it here first all right all right where can people find you on tiktok carlos rodella r-o-d-e-l-a thanks carlos thank you oh thank you